I'm excited about this word today, but I need y'all to know something. Do y'all know that it's kind of weird just being honest to talk about blood? Can y'all be honest with me in here? I mean, if you're a nurse or a doctor, maybe you don't think it's weird. But most of us, when we see blood, even on movies, we're like, dang, right? And so it's kind of taboo to talk about. and People don't want to talk about it, but I'm excited to talk about it today because it's the most precious commodity that's ever existed on planet Earth. It, speak, it speaks a better word. But what I really want to start with and what I want to talk to you about is what do you think it's worth? What do you think it's worth? Everybody say, what's it worth? What's it worth? Say it loud. Say, what's it worth? What's so we're going to play a game. Can y'all play a game with me? I don't know if y'all remember game shows that, that you got to guess the value of items. Do y'all remember that? Y'all remember Prizes Right back in the day with Bob Barker's long microphone? Right, come on down. Right, y'all remember? Nobody? This is crazy. All right, so we're playing sort of Church Prizes Right or one of the other game shows that you got to guess the price. Now, we're going to start off easy. We're going to start off easy, and it's going to progressively get more. So if you guess less for the next item, it's probably not right because it's more. I'm giving y'all that at least that much of a hint. But we're starting off easy. We're going to pretend this is just plain Jane, only black coffee. How much does this cost? Everybody, you're supposed to talk out loud. How much? Come on, y'all can do better. No, some of y'all aren't talking, but y'all got in trouble in class for talking. Put your hands up. Let me see it. Eventually, we're going to be in the thousands, yeah? So, so for the plain small cup, it's $3. None of y'all get that. Because when I look at my app, I call it 4 bucks. Because every time Leah shows up, I'm out at least 4 bucks. Come on, Jesus. Next, this is a carbon fiber toilet seat. Not the whole toilet. Listen. I'm talking about just the seat. This is facts. How much this costs? I'm telling you. $12. No, way more. $150. $250. Let's stop right quick and I'm going to keep moving. Who's going to pay $250 for what you're going to sit down on and do your business? Men, what we're going to pee on? Come on, somebody. Here we go. This is a Louis Vuitton skateboard. For those of you not familiar with Louis Vuitton, it is more expensive than you think. 500. Nope. What did you say? Keep going up. 2,500. 3,000, 3,000, 35, 35, 35, 4. Who can I get to 45, 45, 45, Is that pretty good? $8,000. Now, this may be because I don't have tremendous balance. And I was never real good at skateboarding. I was pretty doggone athletic. I was good at a lot. But I could not skateboard. But who would spend $8,000 on a skateboard? Let's keep going. I don't even know if it comes with the pretty Louis Vuitton box. It better talk to me. Come on. This is, before y'all guess, and if you were here already, don't cheat. This is a gator skin umbrella all the way through. Now, if we got any Ric Flair fans in here, limousine driving, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. And I don't think I can keep these gators. We got one. 
in the back, I know y'all lying because y'all didn't say nothing. I don't think I can keep these gators on. So that's what gator skins are. Most of the time they're out of boots. Ric Flair made an umbrella. I don't really think it's Rick's, but we're just going to go with it. <laughs> what would a gator skin umbrella cost? And I'm going to guess that y'all are too low. We're getting there. 35, 50,000, whoever said it, you're going to get it. Because you guessed it right on, and you get all the other prizes too. I just don't have them. <laughs> Last one. Y'all listen, I didn't have this on my notes until yesterday. Because this sold Friday, and I was looking on the internet yesterday afternoon, and I said, Claude, have mercy. <laughs> so I need someone to tell me what they pay. Listen, this sold Friday. This is a Tom Brady rookie card that has Tom's signature on it. What did people pay for this? I heard a million. I heard, I heard if, if you were in the thousands, you're way too low. We're getting closer. $2.25 million. Now, can we all take a break for one second? Because is he the goat? Sure. Okay. But it's a card. And it's still going to be a card tomorrow. And I know it's got pretty plastic and stuff. But my God, that's a lot of money. I mean, for real, y'all, two point. I had a Kobe card on there because it sold in, I think, March. I'm sorry, February for $1.8 million, a Kobe rookie. And I was like, well, Tom got you, Kobe. <laughs> that's $2.25 million. That's absurd. Except, y'all listen. Except for the fact that somebody thought it was worth that. Because whatever they say something's worth is not what I say something's worth. But what I'll pay for it is what I think its value is. Did you hear what I just said? Whatever I'll pay for something. So listen, you can tell me that your car's worth $50,000. And I can tell you congratulations on that car payment. But if I don't want to pay that for it, that means I don't find the value in it that you find. But most people find equal value in a Starbucks cup. Why? Because we're going in the freaking 20-minute line that I watch every time I see y'all in line for it. People find the value in that cup of joe. That you can put a cake up in and it tastes just as good. But, nah, I see some of y'all. Nah. Y'all spend an extra $4. But whatever we find the value in, we're willing to spend on. Now watch this. Watch what, watch what the Bible says the Lord's value he found in, with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, do, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is he talking to? That's everybody. That doesn't mean that you've let the Holy Spirit house inside of you yet. Only the people that are saved have the Holy Spirit in them. But your body was made to hold the Holy Spirit in you. And he says, your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God. You are not your own. If you're a Christian in the room, you are not your own. You were, what does this say out loud? Say it. You were bought with a price. You were bought with a price, which means that the God of the universe looked at you and said, you're worth a certain amount. And what I'm willing to pay for you is not $2.25 million or $4 for a cup of joe or anything like that, but it's the precious blood of Jesus. It's literally what that means. That, that, that is the definition of the blood of Jesus right there. It means you were bought with his blood. That's the purchasing price for my soul. So glorify God with your body. Now, this word for price is, I actually have it, y'all watch for a second. I actually have it on my arm right here. 
It's the word time in the Greek. It's not pronounced time. That E is hard, so it's, it's pronounced time. And, and it literally is where we get the word honor from. But it means weight, worth, or value. But if you break it down even more, it literally means the price you're willing to pay. And so, so you can value something or devalue something like the currency or the dollar or different things. But what God thought about you before you were ever born is this is how valuable I find you. This is how much I love you. I'm willing to send Jesus, watch this, not just to be born of a virgin, not just to live a sinless life for 33 years, not just to do miracles, not just to do signs, not just to do wonders, but I'm willing to send him with the purpose to die on the cross, to shed his blood so that he can become sin in your place and you can have life in his name. That's the value God sees in you. Now watch, listen, but that doesn't mean that that's what you see. See, the issue is not what does God think about us because God deeply loves every single one of you. Matter of fact, I saw this quote yesterday. He thinks you're to die for, literally. But the problem is not what he thought your value was. What I want to know today is what do we think his value is. So what do you mean? I mean that the blood of Jesus was the most precious thing ever to exist and yet, what do we do with it? What have we done with it? What are we doing with it today? What are we doing with it right now? What are we doing with the blood of Jesus? Because I've just learned this in my life. Come on, y'all can talk back to me for a second. I've just learned this. We really protect what we really value. Are y'all with me? Like, for example, if someone gave me that Tom Brady card, even though I wouldn't think it's worth that much, somebody did, so guess what? I'm not leaving it on the counter. We ain't going to spill on it. Y'all better talk to me. It's going in a vault. I'm putting sharks with lasers attached to their heads, right? Because it's worth a lot to somebody. So if it's worth that much, I'm going to protect it. And we do that as a society. Like, did y'all know this? I think this is so funny. Did y'all know in America, the two things that are guarded the most heavily are Fort Knox and Area 51. Listen, that means more than the White House. <laughs> Nobody else thinks it's funny like me. The freaking president lives in the White House, but we're protecting aliens more than him. <laughs> God bless America, land that I love. And then Fort Knox, which is all a guess what's actually in there because it's supposed to be gold. It might be empty and just a decoy. That's the rumor anyway. But I'm talking about if y'all ever research how much protection we have in this place, it is bananas. I mean, it's crazy. But neither one of these two are as heavily protected as this global seed vault. Who's heard of this before? Show of hands. I think it's in the movie World War Z. I think they sort of show it in the movie World War Z. If y'all hadn't seen it, then I can't help you. Zombies and they're taking over and help us, Jesus. But it's pronounced the global seed vault. <laughs> Spelled like I said. I think it's Norwegian, which I am not. So help us, Lord. But it's in... It's in uh, Greenland. It's on the side of a mountain. Y'all listen to this. It is 150 meters into a mountain. The constant temperature has to be at least 30 below zero Fahrenheit. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever been in 30 below zero Fahrenheit. I have in the Canadian Rockies. That is colder than cold. That's ice cold, everybody. That's real cold. It's ridiculously cold. And every single thing in there has to be in an aluminum sealed bag that is airtight locked. 
There are 950,000 different species of plants in this, what they call the doomsday vault. I said 950,000 species. Good gravy. That's a lot. And you can't get in there. Look what it looks like. This is a, this is a drawing of it. All you can see on the mountain is this little thing right here. And to get into that room, which just gets you in this long tube, which takes you to the three places where the different types of plants are stored, is impossible to get in because there's lasers and things and codes. Nine people on planet Earth. I don't know why I did this. Three times three is nine. Nine people on planet Earth have the code. And it's one is an American and they have different countries, and it's part of the United Nations. And if anything, if a holocaust ever happened where the whole world was taken out, they're going to put some people in a cave and try to protect them, and they're going to be able to repopulate the earth with seed. Y'all, that's 200,000. If any of y'all knew this, I'm going to be so impressed with you. 200,000 different kinds of rice. Who knew that? Show me. Rice. I knew about a few. I knew about... White rice, and yellow, and brown, and minute. Come on, somebody, right? I didn't know about, no, 200,000. But watch, the point of this is not 200,000 different species of seed or rice and 950,000 plants. The point is we protect what we find the value in, and we'll do it at any cost. This is a... Multi, 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 multi billion dollar thing happening. And probably if anything bad happened, we'd be really grateful that we had this out there. Hope we never need it. <laughs> but we value, of the things that we value most, excuse me, we put a lot of emphasis on and we'll make sure it's protected. But watch this, at the same time, we protect what we value most, but we forget about the things that is just ordinary. Right? Matter of fact, we say stuff like this. Oh, that's no big deal. It's no big deal. What about, that's no big deal. I mean, at our house, there's a lot of things that are no big deal. And for most of us, if we can be real today, and I'm going to meddle a little bit, I'm going to get in your business a little bit, and I need y'all to let me because I love you, and you can love me back, and we can all be friends. But, but if we can be honest today, most of you have probably at least heard about Jesus because you're here today. I would say the majority of you in this room would probably acknowledge the fact that you believe you're a Christian, meaning I've trusted Jesus as Lord, I'm, I'm one of his. But for most of us that would call ourselves Christians, and for the people that don't, I'm so happy you're here and this message is definitely for you. But this part, just give me a little grace and let me talk to them for a second. We treat the good news of Jesus and the blood of Jesus like it's no big deal. You say, how do you know, Mark? Because the Bible is a nuisance in our lives. It's something that we need to check off of our boxes for five minutes in the morning. I hear people all the time who I'm close to and who I'm far from, but I hear feedback from say, Mark, it's hard for me to read the Bible because I don't understand it. Find a different version, everybody. <laughs> I do my time with Jesus in the New Living Translation. I love the Passion Translation. I read the message, which is not even a translation. But I love how it adds to it. But the point is, I understand the point of the Bible, which is not a devotion book. And I'm not going to get ahead of myself because I'm going to preach good at the end, and it's about the Bible, and so it's going to make a lot of sense. But we've made all of Christianity just no big deal. Now watch, because we've made other things a bigger deal. Did you hear what I said? 
If you watch the news, we are, y'all look at me, I'm talking to every single man, woman, and young person in this room, and I'm talking to everybody watching me online right now. We, as a society, as a group of people with very small, minute differences in a few of us that stand out and are a little bit weird, other than the weird ones, we are much more pulled by politics right now than we are the kingdom of God. Because by God, you let a voting thing take place or you let a Democrat do this or you let a Republican do this, we will lose our cookies. And we will throw bombs, watch this, at people who are in the family of God. If we understood what happened when we followed Jesus, that, that the blood that saved you saved me, I don't care what color you are, I don't care where you come from, we are now blood brothers and blood brother and sister. But we don't act like it. Because we get angry at our childhood understanding of politics much more than we care about the no big deal Christianity. We are not kingdom people, y'all. We're passive toward Jesus. Am I saying that certain things don't matter? No, they matter a lot. Y'all listen. I'm not saying you shouldn't have opinions. I could care less what they are. Listen, I'm serious. I'm not trying to change your opinion. I want the Lord Jesus to have a chance to change your heart. And I believe in the American church today, sitting in the churches all over the world, are people that are passively looking at Jesus and have a head knowledge about him, but are very far from him. And it reminds me of a story in the Bible. Matter of fact, it starts in Matthew 26, where I'm going to read from today. See, how many... This is a little trivia question. If you don't know it, don't feel bad. It doesn't matter. But how many of y'all know how many disciples there were? How many disciples did Jesus have? Twelve disciples. One of the twelve, which, matter of fact, if we were to make a draft of the most impressive, highest ranking, best disciples, we'd probably put this cat at the top or right near the top. He would have been probably the most educated. He was the, he was the treasurer of the group, which means all the money that came in, he kept it. He was trusted, and watch this, for any of us that think we have a relationship with Jesus in this room, there's no way we're as close to him as he was. Why? Because he literally stood beside him for three years of his journey. He watched every single miracle. He watched all the stuff. My man was in the boat when Jesus was walking on water. I don't know about y'all, but that's cool. He was on that mountain when the 12, including him, came to him and said, Hey, Jesus, we've been here all day. Ain't no food except that one cat who's got a happy meal with five loaves and two small fish. And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Spread them out into groups. Blam, 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 blam. He gave them all a good happy meal. And they got to go home with 12 baskets. 20,000 or so people got fed that day. Now, if you saw him heal the lame, the blind could see, he saw Lazarus raised from the dead. He saw all these things happen. At that point, you're probably all in, right? Talk to me. Yeah. Only, you know what? It's really not about what we see, is it? It's not about, will the next miracle be good enough? And if God answers the prayer that I hope he would pray, it's not about any of that. Because there's never enough. There's never enough sign. There's never enough wonder. There's never enough stuff. And if all you have is a head knowledge of Jesus, our story will look a lot like this. Matthew 26, it says, Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests who were plotting to kill Jesus at that time and said, What would you give me if I delivered Jesus over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, 
he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now, for us, 30 pieces of silver is kind of silly because nobody in this room is thinking, I want 30 pieces of silver. Silver's value is going up a little bit, but it's really not worth that much. So none of us would sell out the Savior of the universe for 30 pieces of silver. But you know what I've learned about me? There are things that I would have sold him out for. You say, what are you talking about, Mark? You're a preacher. You're not supposed to talk like that. Yeah, I don't care because I tell the truth. Like when I was growing up, my idol was basketball. And it was all I could dream about. All I ever thought about was getting to Duke one day and playing for Duke and then playing in the NBA. And I was pretty good, y'all. I could play. Until my senior year in high school when I destroyed my left ankle. I completely destroyed it. Two ligaments, a hairline fracture. I mean, I destroyed my ankle. And my possibility of big scholarships went down the tube. I could tape it up real tight and put a brace on it, and I could still move around some. But it was never going to be what it was. Unless I had major reconstructive surgery, and even then I wasn't quite good enough to miss my senior year and have that injury. And I remember thinking in the moment, why would you do this to me, God? I mean, I'm a Christian, and I'm trying to live for you. And what I've realized in retrospect now that I can look back is that could have been God's wonderful grace taking my 30 pieces of silver off the table. Because if I, listen, listen, if I would have given up Jesus to get to my hope and my dream, then that's my 30 pieces of silver. And for you, it might be something totally different. It might be the Powerball, and when you see it get to a billion dollars, which is a lot of money, right? Then, then I'm cool with Jesus, but I'd give Jesus up for that billion dollars. Because y'all, a billion dollars is not a million. It's a thousand millions. And a million to most of us in this room, I'm pretty sure it's all of us, is a lot. And so I'd give it up for that. And that becomes my 30 pieces of silver. Or several other different things, like if you have kids like me. I'm cool with God unless he asks me for my kids. I just got to be honest with y'all. I don't want that to happen because I really love my babies. I really love my wife. But if I really have an authentic relationship with Jesus, I don't believe he's going to ask us for that. And the point is not will he. The point is would you. I'm going to say it again because I know it's real quiet in here. The point is not will God ask you to give everything up. Just like the conversation he had with the rich young ruler where he said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. The, is he going to ask you to sell everything you have? I don't believe that's the case. I don't, I've never heard of God asking for that on a personal level that people I know. The question is, would you sell him out if he asked you for everything? Because he was willing to give up everything for me. And it puts me in this position where I feel really awkward because I look in the mirror and go, you know, I really love the information that I have about Jesus, but I don't know if it's settled deeply into my core. Because God does not save your head, he saves your heart. And if, I, and if in trusting Jesus, I've only understood information about him, then maybe I'm stuck in the middle somewhere where I'm the guy that would go to the high priest and say, what would you give me to sell him out? And in the story, what happens is they go, Jesus prays in the garden after the Last Supper on Thursday night, and, and he says, this is my body and this is my blood, and I'm going to show you a passage in just a second about that. But, but he goes, and, and then Judas comes while he's praying and kisses him on the cheek and betrays him. 
But then something happens overnight, and, and while, they're, while they're trying him, and, and he's being beaten 39 times by a cat of nine tails, where, where he's so beaten, he's beaten so badly they can't even recognize him anymore. And he's watching all this take place and realizing if I had not betrayed him, he wouldn't be in prison, about to die. And he feels bad. It says that when Judas saw his betrayer, he saw that Jesus was condemned. He changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders saying, I've, I've betrayed or I've sinned by betraying innocent blood. Someone say innocent blood. Well, that's the blood Jesus shed. It was innocent blood. So the point is not, is it innocent blood? The point is, would you sell it out because it's not valuable enough to you to really care? Are you like Judas in the fact that it's no big deal to you? Because if it is, we probably wouldn't find a chief priest in his nice robe where we come up to him and say, I'd like to sell him out. But every day we consider different ways of how we can sell him out for our own personal gain. And we can criticize people that we see on the news doing crazy stuff, making crazy shoes. Because I think it's crazy, y'all. And I've seen it this week. Lil Nas that made the Satan shoes, if y'all hadn't seen it, good. But it's psycho. But you know what comes to my mind? I'm not going to throw shade on Lil Nas. I want to pray for him. Because he doesn't know Jesus. And he sold out to get what the devil could offer him. But I'd probably sell out for less than that if I'm not careful. Because the reality is, all of us can find ourselves in this position. Now, I'm going to answer a question for everybody. When he felt bad and he, and he had remorse in his heart, did he go to heaven when he died? Because we're about to read about his, he, he hanged himself. And we're about to, and the question becomes, so if he felt bad and he was apologetic, did he go to heaven? And the answer is no. Because just like our kids do, come on, y'all can talk back to me right now. When you catch them doing something wrong, and they are sorry they got caught. Y'all better talk to me, parents. It's the same thing. See, God isn't interested if you have remorse for your bad deeds. He's interested if you realize what your bad deeds cost, which is his blood. And you're willing to submit and surrender everything to him as a result. Because he's after your heart, not your behavior. And when I realize that's the truth about Jesus... I have life change because I surrender all to him. Unlike Judas, who said, I feel bad, I want to make this go away. Listen, if the only thing you want to do in your life is make it all go away, you've never had an authentic relationship with Jesus. Because God doesn't want to save your behavior. He doesn't want to change your personality type. He wants to take dead people and make them alive in him. And the, the priest said, what is it to us? We don't need that money. You decided to do this, and he threw the silver down at their feet and departed and it says he hanged himself and then I find this so fascinating I added it in there because I think it's so interesting that the chief priests all said we can't take this money because it's what kind of money can y'all read it it's what kind of money blood money and what happens in our lives is all of us have blood money if we're not careful because we're looking in our hands going what would I sell him out for What's worth it? Because how do I know that we'd sell them out? Listen, y'all just listen. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm trying to be honest because I love you. If we're not sold out, then we've sold out. Did you hear what I just said? 
If, if, if our lives are not passionately pursuing the, the truth of Jesus because we realize what he's done and that he died and rose again for me. When I'm on my worst day, he loved me the same that he does on my best day. That he loves us so deeply that if I don't realize that, then I've cheapened the blood of Jesus and I've sold him out. Because as Americans, this is what we've done. We've cheapened the price of Jesus through his blood by choosing capitalism over the covenant. Because I know what our Constitution says, and I'm grateful for it. I don't wish I wasn't an American. But your right to pursue happiness does not supersede what real joy is, and that's only found in Jesus. And so if the pursuit of happiness is the top priority in your life, then you'll sell him out for capitalism or gain or success or anything else because this is what the American church looks like to me. So you say, what is the covenant? Thank you for asking. I'll show you. This cup, this is what Jesus said to his disciples. By the way, he had not died yet, so they didn't know what he was talking about. He said, this cup that I'm about to pour out for you, this is the, everybody say this, the new, new covenant. Remember what I said when I was talking about the better word? He said, Jesus is the mediator to the new covenant through his blood. That's what Hebrews 12, 24 says. He says, my blood is the new covenant. This is how it takes place. And what we've sold out is the ability to be in covenant with God. The sealed binding agreement that he's given us. Because we want to know what he can give us. And we fail to remember that he's already given us everything. The blood of his son. And so we'll sell them out, sell them out, sell them out because we, it doesn't make sense to us. What is that, Mark? That doesn't even make sense. But what I want to know today is what have you done with the amazing sacrifice he's made? And honestly, let's cut to the chase. What's it worth to you? Because this is one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. God demonstrated is the, is the translation I learned it in. God shows his great love for us that while Mark Panga was still a sinner, on my very worst day, he died for me. Since, therefore, verse 9 of Romans 5, we've now been justified, which is, which is a, a courtroom word. It's a, it's, a, it's a word that they use in law that means you were on trial. Y'all listen. But you're found innocent. You no longer have to be on trial anymore. You've been found innocent. It's just as if you had never done anything wrong. You are righteous in his sight. Now, why? Because, because you've been justified by his blood. Do y'all understand the blood? Do y'all get this? That when Satan accuses you, because the Bible says he's my accuser, and when Satan accuses you and said you've done all these things wrong, watch, I believe he's right about what he's accusing. I don't believe Satan has to lie about the things he accuses me of doing. I just believe that he doesn't win. Why? Because the only thing Jesus said is, I'm going to call my witness. My witness is the blood. And when God sees me, he doesn't see my sin. He sees me through the blood of Jesus, and I'm washed clean. And he says, how much more then should I be saved from his wrath? But most of us have given up the right, the birthright of a child of God for what we want to pursue in our lives. So I want to close with this thought. Y'all listen. I think this is so cool. Because I think no matter if you've been in church your whole life or not, and the reason I say that is because my wife told me, holy crap, I've never heard that before. And I said, all right, I'll share it. Because she's been in church a lot and she's very educated. Do y'all know what this is? Say it out loud. What is this? Say it loud. 
a last will and testament. So if a loved one passes away and, and you were blessed enough that they made a will, the lawyer or whoever reads it will pull out the last will or the testament. And there's one other word that's the synonym for that. Do y'all know what it is? I mean, it's covenant. Matter of fact, if you read the word covenant in the original language, it means testament or will. And what's the point of the will? That you don't have to, y'all better get this because I'm about to run a lap because I love this so much. You don't have to guess what the, the wishes were of the one that passed if they made a, y'all say it, if they made a will or a testament, right? Because you get to open it up and he says, to you, Travis, I leave you, boom. And I leave you, and your responsibility is, and please do this. But did y'all know that most likely if your relative died, they didn't leave me in their will? Did y'all know that? Come on. Did y'all know that? Is it a trick? Why? Because I'm not in the family. Come on, this isn't a trick either. If you're not familiar with it, just listen. You're going to learn something. It's really cool. What is this? Say it loud. I don't care if you've never been in church before. You know this is the Bible, right? It's broken up into two parts. The old and the new. Well, I'll be darned. I wonder if that's the same word. It is. Y'all remember what I was saying a minute ago about reading the Bible? I'm here now and it's good, isn't it? You know why I want to read the Bible? Good God Almighty. Because this isn't a devotion book. This is the living will that my God, who is alive, by the way, in Jesus' name, has left for me. When I open the word, I'm about to throw something and preach. When I open this word, I'm not opening it going, I sure hope I can get you off my list today. And then I can do a little minute of prayer and then maybe I get off. No, 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 no. The God who said, let there be light and out of his mouth spoke light. He knows me by name. He knows every hair on my head and he left me a living will. And do you know why I care about the living will? I'll tell you why. Woo! Because in John 1, it says to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become, say it out loud, everybody. I am his child. That means there'll be pangle wills that I got to deal with someday. I'm not overly excited about them. I don't want my family to pass. And we ain't rich. Y'all better talk to me. But if I got to read their will, they died. But unlike any other person that's ever died before, this will matters because he died. But guess what happened? He got up again. Oh, he's alive. He's seated on God's right hand right now. And the Old Testament does matter because God had a chosen people and he gave them laws. But they kept doing something stupid, y'all. They kept messing up and messing up and they couldn't keep up and they couldn't do it. And we, by the way, the Greeks, that means non-Jews, we couldn't be in the covenant with God. So guess what God did? He said, I want all them too. I want them to have a right to be my children. So I'm going to send Jesus, born of a virgin, to live a sinless life, to shed his blood so that I could have my name in the family book. The Lamb's book of life 
is where my name is. Why? Because you've done so good, Mark, because you're a preacher? Nope, he don't care. Because Matthew 7 says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. Some people will cast out demons in his name. But he don't care about what I cast out. He don't care what I preach. He cares about one thing. Do you love me back? Have you given me your heart? Have you surrendered all to me? Because if you do, I will write your name down. And then, this doesn't become a history book. This becomes a living will. This becomes my journey book. If you want to know what to do, you better get a word from God that starts in the word of God. Because I'm going to tell y'all something, and I'm doing everything I can to keep my feet in these gators right now. This is a better word, everybody. It's that the blood of Jesus was shed to take away the sins of the world and that he became sin so that you could have life in his name. The difference is you can't do this passively. you got to surrender all to Jesus. You can't go into this with head knowledge and be in the family. Watch, you can't see racism die if you don't believe that that's your brother or sister. Because the same blood that saves you saves me. All of a sudden, I still see different colors. I'm not blind. But I love you just like you're me. So why do I believe the church needs this message? Not just people far from God, but people close to God but far from Him with their hearts. Because we aren't acting like it. And it's time to see change, everybody. So I came to ask you this on Easter. What have you done with Jesus? I mean, honestly, is your name really written in the book? Not this book. The book that was written for you. Have you trusted him with all of you? And said, no matter what it looks like, forsaking everything else, I trust you. I give you my life. I'm your child right now. Because listen to me, everything else does not matter. Because one day, I hope it's dozens and dozens and dozens of years from now for every person in this room. But chances are that's not the case. If you look around, I would be willing to bet you almost anything that one of us won't be here this time next year just based on percentages. I'm not trying to be more, but I'm just being for real. Because Hebrews 9 says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that face judgment. That means all of us have an appointment with God someday. And what's going to matter when I get to heaven someday is not, God, I, was, I hooked you up, man. I did my thing, you know, I was a preacher. If that's the only thing I can say to God, he'll say, depart from me, worker of iniquity. I never knew you. He's interested in one thing. This is what I'm going to tell him when I get there, everybody. Well, my name's written in your book because I'm your child. I trusted you as my Lord and Savior. I surrendered all to you. In July of 1997, I said, I surrender all. And from that day till now, I've struggled. I've had difficulties, but I've known one thing. Let me die. Because when I do, I'm going to heaven. And as long as I'm here, I want to see heaven come to earth. Because this is not my home. My home's in heaven. And I came to invite you to be a part of our family today. Not the Four Points family. I'd be thrilled if y'all wanted to do that, but there's a family a lot better than the Four Points family. It's the family of God. It's why I can know that I'm in the Testament. It's why the Bible says I'm a joint heir with Jesus. So I just need to know in this room, who needs to get saved right now? I believe close to half of us should stand to our feet and said, I will follow Jesus right now. I'm going to be crazy bold. If you want to join me, 
and you're not a follower, listen carefully, you are not a follower of Jesus, but you want to do it right now. I promise you the family is going to pick you up. If you get to join a family and you've never been a family before, you don't want to wait. You want to stand up on your feet and say, that's me. I want to be a part of this family. So I'll be bold enough to ask you with eyes open, with everybody looking, who will say, I want to do this. I want to give my life to Jesus right now. I I came in here on my way to hell, but I'm going to leave here on my way to heaven by giving my life to Jesus. If that's you, come on, stand to your feet right now. I'm bold enough to look like a fool by myself if nobody stands up. But I believe there's dozens of you that need to say yes. Who will be bold enough to be the first one? Come on, stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's celebrate in this place. I think there's more. I think there's more people. Come on. Come on, I think there's more. Who's going to stand up and say, I'm ready to join the family of God? Come on, we can make more noise than that, family. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody stand to your feet right now. Here's what I want to do. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if standing to your feet ain't believing in your heart, I don't know what is. But guess what? I don't care if you stood or not. If you you believe it in your heart and you'll confess it with your mouth, he'll save you whether you stood or not. So I don't know if you just stood or you didn't, but if you need to get saved, I'm inviting everybody to pray out loud with me right now. Because whether you've been saved for 30 years, for 50 years, or this is your first time, we're all going to confess with our mouth together, everybody. Are y'all good with that? Come on. So y'all repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I deserve separation for all eternity from you. But God, you showed how much you love me by dying on the cross for my sins. Jesus, come on, say it like you mean it. Say, Jesus, you shed your blood in my place and became sin so that I could have life in your name. Say this loud. Say, I surrender all to Jesus. I love you back in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, I think we should make some noise like we mean it in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you hand me one of those, Katie? Listen, this is all I want you to do if you just got saved. Because of the crowd and everything going on, simple as this. I don't care if you stood or not, but if you stood, definitely do it. I want you to just check this box right here that says, I'm accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior today. Everybody's going to do the same thing by having this filled out and tearing this little part off with your notes, and we're going to drop them at the end of service at the back. But if you just trusted Jesus, I want you to check that box. All you got to do, check the box. We're not coming to your house like Leah said earlier. We want to help you take your first steps with Jesus. We'll send you a text message, simple as that, or an email, even if we don't get your phone number. But please give it, because we ain't crazy. I'm the crazy one. They're good. Hey, Christians, this is what I need from y'all. Because I believe the majority of y'all really are followers of Jesus. But can I just ask y'all something? Can we look like it? Can we sound like it? Can we act like it? Because if it's really valuable to us, ooh, I got to tell y'all this. I didn't tell the other two, but I told y'all y'all are getting the best. You know when David says in Psalms, I hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him? Some of y'all think that that's a chore. But it's actually just hiding away the will. 
because I find it valuable. I'm preaching good. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I mean, is it not cool? Is the Bible not cool when it comes alive? I think it is. It's my favorite thing in the world. Why? Because John 1 right before that says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning, and all things that were made were made by Him, and nothing that has been made was made except by Him. And it was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, there was a man named John who, who talked about the light, but he wasn't the light. That was only Jesus. And his own people did not receive him, but to those who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. It's amazing. It's a better word because it's the living word of Jesus. That's a new covenant for us. I'm looking at y'all saying y'all are part of my family, so let's make some noise in this place. I'm not talking about cheer. I'm talking about in worship right now. Let's shake the stinking flea market down the road right now and let them all hear a better word right now through worship in Jesus' name. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus.